Welcome to the front porch. My name is Michael, and I'm here as usual with Dennis. How are you doing tonight, Dennis? I'm doing well, Mike. And yourself? Uh, I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right. You still out on your westward trip, huh? Still having a good time out there? Yep, yep. Had a pretty, uh, well, I want to say wild and crazy, but uh, we're all <laughs> wild and crazy. We're, we're all adults. We didn't. Uh, I think we were all in bed by midnight. Oh, um, that's that's when you're supposed to have the good time. Is you know when you're an adult. Right, right. I, I mean, I did a little a bit of that in my late twenties. Um, we went out to uh, a town called Leavenworth, Washington. Um, it's somewhere. I don't know. I'm not super familiar with the topography out here, but uh, just on the east side of the Cascades Mountains from Seattle, still probably like two hours from Seattle, uh, but there's a little Bavarian village in this uh, in this part of Washington, and they do a uh, an Oktoberfest. And so we went out for that. We didn't actually go into the fest, but we went in some of the restaurants and had some good beer and... Uh, Ah, oh, good German, German stuff. Yeah, yeah. I think it's the I think it's the beer versus liquor that makes the uh, the bedtime a little earlier. I don't know if this is universally true, <laughs> right. uh, but for me, definitely, beer makes me sleepy. So you know, <laughs> right. we have a couple beers, and I'm like, eh, you know, eleven thirty for the bedtime. Twelve o'clock. My um, my siblings here, three, uh, three, three blood siblings and one in-law live out here and three well my brother's a nurse so he works through the night and then my sister-in-law and my other brother um work in service when he's a he's a bartender and she works as a um um, in a restaurant waitress and so everybody here just has the weirdest hours i'm actually going to sleep earlier than i normally do which seems Maybe a little little counterintuitive, but I'm also three hours earlier on my schedule. It's only six o'clock here instead of whatever in the middle of the night it is back east. uh, Oh, I see. Yeah. So you, you, for you actually going to bed at midnight for a little while, at least the beginning of your trip, you'd be, it's like going to bed at 3 a.m. for you. Yeah. So hopefully minimize the, uh, the quote unquote jet lag. You're going to come home and go to bed at nine is what's going to happen. Yeah, maybe. We'll see. Right. So this week, I was hoping there's a couple things coming out or have already come out at this point. Um, Star Trek Discovery was just released uh, with a two-hour, I guess, well, actually two-episode starting movie, I guess you'd say, and released on the CBS network. Um, Like like an extended pilot, a little bit like like Battlestar Galactica, though not... Not quite as long because oh, we don't want to turn not... it there. I don't think it's anywhere near the Battlestar Galactica level of. Well, I mean, just the same <laughs> like like extended pilot sort of thing. The, I mean, but I mean, BSG had a lot to set up in the beginning of the series. Where in the case of Star Trek, like if you don't know what Klingons are, what are you even doing here? Right, right. You would not subscribe to CBS then. Um, but so that, that's that's been out, and there's a couple other things on TV that are coming out 
oh, tonight, actually, I think, is uh, Gifted, Marvel's Gifted on Fox. Uh, so, you know, recently there's been a lot of kind of, well, I mean, for a while, the geek culture and nerd culture has come through in the world in the last 10, 15 years, more, uh, um, more mainstream. You have things like the Big Bang Theory or um, whatnot. But TV's a, a, a big, it's, it's, I don't know, it's a lot more accepted or broader and more important to those kind of things. And we get to watch those kind of cool TV shows that we wish we would have had when we were younger, but they're actually good shows now. So I'd like to spend some time talking about that tonight with you and, um, then just discuss, you know, our experiences with, um, I don't know, uh, TV in general, the way it's, it's evolved and how it's delivered, uh, nowadays as compared to in the past traditional versus, you know, say Netflix binging or scheduled airing. Uh, how you, what do you think about that? Okay. Just kind of a little bit of a TV focused show. Yeah, let's do that. Let's, let's get right in it. So Star Trek Discovery comes out. That's uh, something that was a planned thing by a network. Now, what I mean by planned is that Star Trek has been TV. It's been TV. It's, it's TV from the beginning. It's had lots of movies. And, and now they have, I don't know, after Enterprise, they took a conscious effort. CBS and Paramount said, okay, um, we're going to take a break. And we're not going to we're not going to come back to TV um, if ever. Now, everybody knew at that time that, you know, that's bollocks, that it's going to it'll come back sometime. But didn't know what it needs. And it needs a break. It we, was we talked about this back yes. in uh, back in episode two with the uh, Star Trek versus Star Wars. Like they really saturated their market by the time you brought Scott Bakula into uh, play the captain. Right. And, and they were they were good. So. The movies came back out. It was a revival of it. It showed that Trek is a viable thing again. Um, but still, the TV's uh, powers that be were wishy-washy on it. So what's an interesting option today is that you have this um, uh, broadcasting online, streaming. Streaming is the word. Streaming networks that you can do now. And CBS has launched their own with to throw in their hat with you know the likes of Netflix and Amazon, Hulu, um, and they launched it with Star Trek, uh, and it's online only. So I don't know. That's really interesting because I mean, is that I don't know? Is that competitive against themselves? Because now. I don't know. What do you think CBS, a company, wants when they launch their own thing or NBC with Hulu? Do they want you to go away from the traditional cable people and start streaming? Is that what they want? Is that what you would want? I mean, I would not even begin to presume the, the thought process of, of a television network executive board. Um, but there's a thought process. I'm not sure. <laughs> right. That's a real Gr- thing. Group think maybe. Um, right. I don't know. I mean, I think it depends on what, what you're bringing to the table. Like, you know, there, there are many services and I don't know if I've said this on this program before, but, um, I'm, I'm thoroughly of the opinion that you're and when I say you're, I mean, content creators or, you know, record labels, movie studios, whoever the, you as the person trying to, you know, make money off of someone else's creati- creativity or even your own, not to, not to cast aspersion there, but, um, 
the way that you combat piracy is by making the the legal path easy right like okay downloading music and like getting weird you know mislabeled mp3s i mean we both lived through the era i think anybody listening to our show is probably old enough to have lived through that era era i was in college right, right at the, the the peak of the napster the whole napster thing thing um and i i don't hear much about people pirating music or you know record companies getting mad about it anymore because it's easy you know you you get on spotify and it's free with ads or if you're like me and you hate ads you pay for it it's real simple Ooh, um, I hate ads. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I I listen to music while I'm working, so if an ad comes on, it disrupts my concentration. It's just horrid. But um, that being said, I don't know all of the intricacies, and I'm sure you know we'll get mail about this. Like Netflix is great for the customers. I don't know if Netflix is great for the content creators, you know, or if it's a kind of really weird, you know what I mean? Like if you are, I mean, they're doing tons and tons of original content these days, almost to where they're, people are considering them someday just being a content network, like a TV thing. Well, right. And so, and so that, that complicates your question even further because the point I'm getting at is, is it, like the relationship between Netflix and some other content creator, like obviously they're creating their own content and that's a different conversation. But if you are HBO and you want to, you know, you want to make your content available online because if you don't, people will pirate it. That's sort of the yeah quote unquote, unfortunate reality of the present present uh you know technology and so there's something something about the 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 deals that they strike or the the you know honestly in in the case of hbo it's probably just the rates right like hbo can make more money with their cable deals and with their standalone app than they could make if they made a deal with netflix what what do you think of uh, um, okay? So a lot of this stuff when you're talking about pirating and and people taking you know getting the money and they need to make money off things. What do you think of a, a future network that is based on um, I purchase Star Trek, let's say, or I'll purchase uh, Star Wars. Let's just say Star Wars Episode Four. I purchase a movie or a TV show, uh, whatever it might be, and then I get it forever. And I'm thinking of like the Steam model where, you know, I don't actually have all my hundreds of games on my machine, but I can at any point get them, erase them, everything's saved, and I can go right back. I don't have to necessarily have movies or TV shows. At any point, I can just say, I own Seinfeld and push play and just go. And that's, it's, you know, all up in the cloud, as you as they say. And um, that's your that's your station, I guess. I mean, some of the problems with pirating is that you buy Frozen and it's in a physical form or it's in a digital that you download type form and then they can get that. But I don't know if people are hacking Netflix to get, you know, 
the the Frozen per se. They're not downloading Frozen from Netflix through the streaming service. Would you be, I don't know, okay giving up physical and any kind of ownership of it per se to have to to buy into Netflix and then you just buy your movies and and it always streams off there in a Steam model? Would that be a good thing for you? Well, I mean, for me personally, I'm not a guy that buys physical media. I mean, I bought season one of Game of Thrones when it went on an Amazon lightning deal or something. And I don't, I don't think I've even watched them all. They're, they're in a box somewhere. Um, I, you know, it's, it's a little bit, uh, what's the word? It's, it's sort of a dichotomy, but that seems like not quite the right word. I do collect vinyl. So I, I'm tempted to make the argument of, you know, I've moved a couple times and I don't want a lot of unnecessary stuff following me around from place to place, but music on vinyl is the epitome of like the big heavy disc that, you know, could could weigh nothing. It could be bits and bites on my Yeah, but the, my th- hard that's drive. a whole different it, that's a whole different argument because it's you know the sound is supposedly so much better. Yeah, I mean we could we could do a whole topic on on analog media. Um right. but which is different uh, than movies uh, per se. A DVD and a Blu-ray is not, um, it doesn't have the same, the same argument. Like I'm not completely on board with the, the, with the music quality argument for vinyl, because I think there are a lot of people who buy physical books and in that case it's, it's text. There's no quality argument. Like unless you, you know, all, all of the quality arguments go work against books like a weird smell of paper or something um and so i think the the analog argument is more of a is more experience driven but not to get too far afield with that um the the purchase and ownership digital picture that that you're painting sounds a lot to me like um the Amazon not prime model, which is uh, the, okay. You know, you, you buy the episodes, you buy the season, whatever, and you own it, but you have the problem of Amazon's DRM, right? It's like Amazon is huge and ubiquitous. And as long as that is always true, then it's like the old, um, it's the old light iTunes library thing before they went DRM free. Like as long as iTunes is always around, you'll always have access to this music that you bought. But you know, if they change or whatever, then you're, then you're out of luck. You know, I guess maybe what I'm, I'm trying to bring out the tip of my tongue here and spit out is, uh, when I'm thinking of CBS, and I'm thinking of them putting their shows in that 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 re- or Hulu or whatever it might be things that they all have original content, but it just feels like they're I don't know they're airing stuff, and then I, I have to watch them, and it's just like the old model of watching TV, and I have to watch their thing thing to get their con their content, which is great. But what I really want to do is I really just want to you know say I want to watch Star Trek, and I'd love to have one thing to watch them all. I guess that's the cable model, and I'm, I hate that. Um, 
But I want to be able to, I guess what I want to do is a la carte almost anything and say, you know, I want this, 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 and not subscribe to a network that tells me, oh, you only get what we say you get and what we produce and what we're going to produce. I liked Netflix back when it was everything. I know it's, it's slowly starting to lose its uh, content mastery. You know, it's losing Disney and some other things, and they're they're trying to compensate by putting originals out. But I don't know. I don't like as good as Netflix stuff might be, I just don't like the idea of, I don't know, them being another television station. I, I want I want them to give everybody stuff. Voodoo. Voodoo reminds me of that. I like Voodoo. The reason I like Voodoo is because I can get all these different, you know, I can get Disney anywhere. I can get Apple, iTunes, and I can just put the codes together and I go to Voodoo and it's all there. All my stuff in one spot and I can just watch it. I don't care all these different networks. But if Voodoo started to saying, um, no, you can't uh, bring in all these other things and you only have to buy from us and only, you know, our things, we really are pushing our own content now. Oh, it really sucks. I just like one company that was the original Netflix and I don't know now you get CBS and Hulu and NBC and Fox all in the game and they're like oh no watch our networks because we're going to put our original Star Trek content just on this streaming thing and it basically becomes TV on the internet and that yeah it's a I mean Oh boy, there's a lot. There's a lot Sorry, going was, on there. I was I mean, my raging there at that whole thing. <laughs> no, no, no. I get, I get, I get it for sure. Um, I am a, I'm a Plex user, and yeah. the thing that I like about Plex is that it's, you know, it's very easy to use once you get it set up. It works on the computer. It works on tablets, devices, and everything. They have sync if you have the Plus. Or yeah, Plex is great. Pro or what? Whatever it's called, I have that. Um, and th- again, we could do a whole show on on this idea of like how you get your content in front of your eyes because none of the solutions are uh, holistic. Like there's some piece missing from all three or four of the of the major uh, quote unquote set top boxes. Yeah. Um, whether it's Apple, Roku, Chromecast, or um, the Amazon one. But even even before you get to devices, all of yeah, the Fire Stick, the um, the, none of the services are ubiquitous, and so it's not. It's not really to go back to cable because that's what it seems like, right? You're like, I don't want to have the shows that I can only get on Netflix, the shows I can only get on Amazon Prime. And the HBO shows that I have to open each of those apps because inevitably those like vendor specific apps, they always seem kind of bad. Like Netflix has its problems, but if you're always on Netflix, you know how to, you know, how to play it. You you know what? I just, Um, I just had a great uh, analogy with this is that, um, is the Sega versus Nintendo type thing. Um, here's what I want TV executives. And I know it's the TV executives who are ruining this for me. They're, they're taking their experience with <laughs> decades and decades of, of the TV model and how it works and mine, 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 watch us get our things, get in advertisers drawing, driving everything. They're taking that mentality. What, what I want is I want my Sonic, Sonic the Hedgehog and my Mario brothers to be on the same console. That's what I want. And what I mean by that is Sega used to make consoles. 
and they were all about it's the same thing they you know hey we make first party games and uh, if you want to play Sonic the Hedgehog you have to buy a Sega Genesis and then that's what you get it's you me versus you and buy our stuff and like you know what as a purveyor of that content I want to play Mario and I want to play this I don't want to play this I don't care about these what platform I play it on. And now, at one point, Sega stopped making systems and started publishing, and then you could get the Nintendo, which was the system that these publishers would publish games on. And I love, and that's what I'll buy when I buy my consoles, is the one that has the most that publishers on it, that will publish for across the things. I don't want it to have to buy a system because it's got Call of Duty. The same way... Sure, well, you're getting, you're getting a little bit into... I mean, you're literally describing console wars, and that's the, um, you know, in our current our current iteration, the PlayStation 4 versus the Xbox One, um, the PlayStation appears to be winning that battle for the exact opposite reason of what you're describing, in that uh, PlayStation is putting, is seemingly putting more effort into... Um, getting exclusives, making deals with whoever and you know, so everything that's everything that's cross platform is cross platform. So how do you, you know, how do you get the consumers to buy your console versus the other? Well, you get stuff they want that the others don't have. I mean, that's how Nintendo survives despite always, not always, but for the, for the last few years being behind, um, in technology performance wise they have all the exclusives that that nobody else has you know if you get unless you want to play halo yeah. or uncharted or one of those that's exclusive to one or the other if you just want to play assassin's creed and batman and whatever else then it doesn't matter whether you get an xbox or playstation because both all those games will be on both you know i think i can hear i can just feel a listener out there right now screaming at me saying dude he's asking for the steam box he wants the steam box that's what he wants because i can just know somebody's yelling at me through the, the, the internet you know what i i'm not a, not a big fan of the steam so, box but to, yeah i think that's what i want at, at a certain extent, you know, I mean, not to not to shift our focus into gaming because the answer to that, of course, is just to stick with a PC because consoles are dumb. But um, <laughs> yeah, I hear you. Mr. With, PC with with TV shows, it's a different it's a different beast because I don't think, at least not that I've heard any time recently, there are very few content creators trying to sell hardware. And that's a that's I don't a know. different. No, they're they're like, selling platforms. Their CBS is selling the the CBS network. That's their hardware per se. Like if if they just stuck with it and they made start new Star Trek content and they put it on. I'm just going to say the word Netflix, but you know, uh, software platform X Y Z whatever, and they just do what they do best and make content, and then sell that content through a you know other thing then then we can have our choice of software that runs it and i'll get my cbs movie from there or my cbs movie from there yeah i mean that's that's a thing i mean i don't know we're we're in early days here but it's sort of like the 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 user experience that you're describing is one that you only get through let's say not allowed methods right like you you download 
the episodes of whatever you want, you know, off the back of a truck and yeah. <laughs> you load all that content into a service, into an, into an app like Plex as if it's your home videos or, you know, your DVDs that you've digitized and, um, and then you have access to your specific things, um, sort of a la carte. If you have everything in one service, if, if everything was in Netflix, it would be great. Netflix would probably have to cost a little more because again, like in the case of HBO or some of these other, you know, all the new shows that you can only get on Hulu or you have to go on their website, CW and, um, some of those other networks that have, uh, that have their own app. If you, if you had it all in one place like cable, then it would be overwhelming the way the cable is, except you have the Netflix model where you can search and you can watch things, uh, you know, asynchronously. Yeah, um, that's, that's what I want. But you know what? That's what, that's what Netflix had. I mean, that's what they started out with. I think it's their fault to blame. I guess I, I'm blaming them for good shows. I hate saying that, but I'm blaming them for putting a, their own original content and, and the, saying, "Hey, we want to we want to make our own shows instead of being just a a portal hub type thing." Um, because that's what started, I believe, started pissing off the the networks is that oh, they're they're no longer you're going to start watching Orange Is the New Black and your own stuff instead of hey, watching our shows because at the point Netflix, you know. These large movie companies and television shows, they didn't mind giving the content to Netflix. Maybe not the newest, you know, this year's episodes. You can get that, you know, through their DVDs or Blu-rays. But, you know, they didn't mind giving it to Netflix. And then Netflix started stealing their customers from the live viewings because the original content was on Netflix. Then everybody... You know, the different companies where even Disney were like, no, I think we're going to make our own content and just deliver yeah, it on our I mean, own. And I that's mean, just ruining that model. You know, I mean, we're we're speculating, right? I think I think a big part of the the um, departure from Netflix by this by these networks is probably more more contractual. Like they they just aren't making as much money as they can as odd as this seems, like I can't imagine this many people using these terrible first party apps <coughs> that they're making, you know, better advertising revenue and, and whatever than whatever Netflix was able to pay them with their, with their contracts. Yeah, I, I guess you're right. I mean, ultimately it does come down to money, which is the the reality of the world. I, I guess I'm a, just a strong believer that when, if the customer gets what they want and me being the customer and I'm, my opinion is the only thing that matters because it's mine. And my opinion is, is that I want what I want and I don't care about money. Um, but that's not the reality of the world. The reality of the world is that, you know, CBS can make more money by making Star Trek for their own network than giving it to Netflix. So I guess I understand that, but the, the Amazon thing had a lot of promise and I like Amazon prime video because they took this and I, I think I read somewhere recently that they're going to try and change some aspects of this, but Amazon has taken this, this service that was a thing. It's like the free shipping thing. You pay, you know, an annual fee and you get free shipping. And so people like me who order on Amazon a lot yeah. are like, 
well, yeah, I spend this much in shipping just around the holidays, so I'll just pay for it, have it all year, and then whatever. And then they started adding services onto it without charging more. They're like, okay, well, guess what? Now we have our own Netflix. It doesn't have all the... Yeah, I don't it know doesn't have all the, the things right Netflix has, but it has stuff Netflix doesn't have. And then they started to make original content. Um, all, all of that is great. And, you know, there, there are issues with the Amazon player and specifically the relationship between Amazon and Apple that are um, we don't need to get into th- this week. But um, their, their other model, their like rental purchase thing to me always felt overpriced and that's a that's a you know that's a subjective measurement but you know if you're gonna charge two to three dollars for one episode of a show i'm like that's not that's not a price point that competes with piracy i'm I'm sorry but it's not yeah that's that's somebody no it's not and it's also the the whole I mean, I, I know somebody who will you know, move new movie will come out to and five be like, episodes of a it, show. It, I'm just going to rent it. That's as much as Netflix costs me for the whole month. I I totally agree. I, I just never understood that. I, I don't go to Voodoo and rent a movie. I just don't. It's five dollars to rent a movie. Someone somewhere at Walmart or at Amazon decided that renting the movies needed to be like a same price point as Blockbuster days, which is just ridiculous and has no grounded but evidently they're making money so people rent sure i mean I've, things. I've done it's it weird a couple to me. times but it's only like you know when our whole family is together for the holidays and we want to watch it's a wonderful life but we forgot to bring the dvd from whoever has it or whatever and so we're like well, we'll just rent it on amazon and it'll Sure, I'm guess those special occasions are okay. Hey, I would challenge anybody who's listening to go ahead and send me an email here at the front porch and and give me reasons why if you're a regular if you're a regular uh, renter instead of a buyer uh, from digital media, say from wherever that might be, Amazon or Voodoo, that tell me why 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 would you do that? Say it's five dollars if you just wait just a little bit longer and it's ten dollars to buy the movie. That you can watch it multiple times. Uh, I don't know. Just send me. I'd like to know because it bothers me. Obviously, it's sticking my sure, crawl. Sure. You can you can find the contact form but, on our website, frontporchpodcast.com. Right. That's where all um, our show notes are. Well, hey, hey. Um, okay, so bringing my temperature down a little <laughs> bit. Let's let's stay on some t- this TV thing here. Um, I'm going to ask you a question. Your personal preference. I know this is a big personal preference thing, but um, TV shows, uh, I'm going to use Game of Thrones as an example. Star Trek Discovery is doing it now as well. Uh, They release weekly, and they release uh, a show, and you have to wait till next Friday, and there's the whole... uh, things that come with that you know water cooler talk build up press you know all of that and then you have the netflix model of what a lot of people call the binge watching stranger things comes out and you can just watch it all um and then you come out with uh orange is the new black and you can watch it all you know daredevil whatever it might be what's your preferred viewing and i i know that you've watched you know 
both types and had experience, positive experiences both ways. But what if you could say the best show, your best experience of watching a TV show or a series, uh, is it a binge watching one or is it a, you know, weekly type thing and why? Hmm. Well, I would say I would say at the outset the the binge watching thing that Netflix does is consistent to their brand if you want to call that part of Netflix brand which is it, it kind of is um that's how you watch stuff that's old or even you know i mean everything on Netflix is this way including their original content but if you were watching Parks and Rec when it was still on and you waited until it came on Netflix you were getting it one season the entire season at a time um yeah, I mean, I'd say I'd say that's even back to the days of you know when you'd buy seasons on on DVD. Sure, when when they that's a when they first started thing. putting seasons of TV shows on DVDs, and they were still very expensive. Um, that's sort of the way that that worked. And I binge watched twenty four that whole way. Right. Um, I don't know. I mean, I think that it depends on it depends a lot on the show. Um. I've had shows where I watch kind of on a on a intentional or unintentional buffer, you know, just a, you know, I forgot about it for a month and then went back and caught up. Um that's sort of how that's sort of a um, more of a DVR model. Yeah, I think uh Jessica Jones did it for me. I had to do it that way. Okay. I mean, that's a Netflix show. It is, but but I still you watched. I think there, you that watched it in part of in, it that, in chunks because it's yes. it's a little bit intense to to binge watch. Yes, um, it depends on the show, and I've I've done it different ways with different shows at different times in my life. Um, Game of Thrones is a show where I have a handful of friends who watch it very nearly live. Um, I think most people either watch it exactly live. There are no commercials, so there's no direct impetus to uh, to, to watch it on DVR. But when I lived um, down in Bloomington with you guys and, and people watched it together, we would start it generally sometime after it started on the DVR, just waiting for people to get there and things. Um, yeah, and, and we even have like a, a, a chat that a live chat when we're when we're watching it all over the the country. Our our group here that you know it, it's a thing, it's a social thing that hey, it's on. We're all going to talk and we chat about it while we're we're watching it, which you don't do with a binge uh, series. No, not not even a little bit. And I think I don't know. I've I've often thought that it could be valuable to have like. Um, Something like SoundCloud, where you can comment. I think it's SoundCloud I'm thinking of, where you you attach comments to a timestamp, like as you're watching it, and so people could watch a show asynchronously and still sort of have a conversation around it. It's tricky. Like that's interesting. The, the there's a it reminds me a little bit of, or not reminds me, but makes me think of sports. Like sports are the thing where it's it only has value if you watch it live. I mean, I'm sure there are people still DVRing the game so that they can watch it later that night. Um, right. Yeah. But to me, I'm not a I'm not a huge sports person, so if I don't see it, it's happening. I don't care. I'm like, 
I get on the radio and listen to it or get on the app on my phone and watch the 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 plays and the and the score um and then same thing we have a we have a group chat for that where people will comment on the game as it's happening and you people might be a few seconds off depending on their um the way that they're watching it however much tape delay there is um yeah i mean i think the important there is is the social aspect that you don't get when you binge Right. I mean, binging is a very it's it's no matter how you look at it, unless you've got somebody else that binges watches with you. It's basically a personal experience. If you watch Stranger Things, you probably watched it by yourself. If you watch Orange is the New Black, you probably watched it by yourself and then you share it afterwards. And so, yeah, it becomes this this share it afterwards sort of thing. And that depends. Like I probably for the most part, 90 percent of my. TV consumption, I do solo. And so, um, as mentioned, Game of Thrones is one of those where I watch it. I watch it every week. I, at the same time, I wouldn't want to binge watch that show. It's not like, um, earlier offline, we were talking about the show True Blood, which has notoriously awful cliffhangers. Um, I mean, or just, just take out the word cliffhangers and just say notoriously awful. <laughs> sure. I mean, falls solidly right. in the guilty pleasure category. But, <laughs> um, I mean, right in the middle of a scene, you know, somebody walks in the house and there's a pool of blood and some shoes and they roll credits. Right? And you're, yeah. you're like, okay, you cut the episode literally right in the middle of a scene. Right. Um, right. Game of Thrones is not that way. Like you're you're always kind of, you know, wanting wanting more, wanting to see what happens next, but after sitting through even before this most recent season where they had very long episodes, sitting through a solid hour of Game of Thrones, by the time those credits rolled, I'm like, okay, whew, I'm I'm spent. Like that's that's good. <laughs> I need, you know, it, it's it's a little bit like Jessica Jones, but I mean, may, maybe in in very similar ways. I was going to say different, but it's not it's not that different. Just the story in Jessica Jones is not as big as it is in Game of Thrones. But um, like the the very fastest, I think you would want to watch Game of Thrones is an episode a night. Like, I don't. I couldn't. I couldn't see ever watching two, maybe two, but not like three or four episodes in, in one day like it would be exhausting okay so uh, but, i have to i have to interject and say that's exactly how i watched it <laughs> See, it, it is it's it's uh i i was one of those late bloomers uh everyone knows i'm a i'm a hero's journey guy uh, i like the i like the good guys to win they don't always have to win but i like the moral of the story type thing to be good or cool and um Ned, I okay. Spoilers: If you're watching Game of Thrones, uh, freaking stop now and cut up, cut forward. Um, when Ned dies, actually halfway through, I found out spoiler alerts that Ned dies, and uh, I was like, "What? That's what he is the, the the guy, and he is so good." And then I found out not only did he just die, that they it just ran him into the ground. It was the worst thing in the world, and then it only gets worse from there. And I was like, "Okay." I can't have this. This is, you know, this is not the kind of television I want to watch. I'm done. I'm protesting it and I'm out of here. Um, so 
I stopped watching Game of Thrones out of just, you know, I can just skip it. Screw that. It'll be its own thing. It could be based on nudity and sex and violence and letting the good guys win. Everybody else can who likes that kind of sadomasochistic thing can enjoy themselves. And then I had some guys win. Right. So I years later, I had uh, matter of fact, it was last year. So that was the second year that I watched it. I watched the first year, year after. And then. About four years later, I had some conversations, some real conversations on the front porch with um, friends, and they had some really compelling reasons and why watching it, and it wasn't all terrible. Um, and somebody had even said it. I truly and and I felt I felt their honesty from saying I truly believe it is the best uh, best television on in the last 10 years and i was like really really there's so much and this you know uh porn is going to be the show that you think is that <laughs> and i was like okay and then when i heard uh the our first friend season betsy, really is like porn it is right and i heard our friend betsy who is not one that would watch any of those kind of shows and was like yes i absolutely love it can't get enough and had reasons why all right i give it another chance and it was on i got the uh on hbo I got access to HBO to watch it, and I did. I binged it. I started watching it through, and I said, okay. Well, actually, I did a little different. I knew that because of the spoilers out on the internet, I knew that at least four people were still alive when I started watching it, The Imp. I knew that Joffrey was dead. I knew that John was still alive, and I knew that Daenerys was still alive. Um, I think that's all I knew. Oh, no, um, uh, Arya. So I, I knew that that those four were still alive and I just assumed everyone else was going to die. And that made it a, a lot easier for me to watch. And then when I got to season six, the people that were still around, I was like, an, I was just like a, an extra bonus for me instead of a, da- a downside. But I did, I, wa- sure. I, I binged it and it, it was, it was great. I, it, I would actually recommend binge watching a season because now that I have an experience of watching week to week, I don't mind it. I mean, I hate that. I, I want more to happen. And it feels like it's small chunks that nothing's really happening because there's, it's just things aren't coming mm. until the very, you see the episode seven as a whole makes a lot of sense. It's really cool. But one episode at a time was like, oh, for me, just dragging through I, it. I could see that. And it it's likely that I look at it that way because I've watched it. It's the only show that I've never I mean, probably the longest I went was like maybe a week where some crazy stuff was going on. But usually it's like Monday or Tuesday at the latest I'm watching um, the Sunday's episode. Um, I don't know. I mean, it's it kind of has a lot to do with people as whatever, maybe a little cliche that that is like. Well, viewers, but what I really mean is community. Like, if I... Like, I follow the Indianapolis Colts NFL. It's the only sports that I watch. I don't watch basketball. I don't watch soccer. um, Any of that stuff. And if I didn't know anybody else who was following the Colts, I wouldn't follow them either. Part of that is just me. I'm not a sports guy. But... um, But you have a community. I have a community that is also true of game of Thrones, but more recently. And by recently, I mean like a year or two years ago. Um, I watched, there were a couple shows that I was watching 
almost right as they aired. Um, one of them is Orphan Black. Yeah. And um, which which is very good, though I'm, you know, this tells you a little, maybe a little something about me. Two years ago, I was watching it as it aired, and I'm currently almost a season and a half behind <laughs> Just in watching it at slow all. Time. Um, the, that's the trouble, and it, it has nothing to do with um, week-to-week versus binge-watching. It's more the sense of the show comes out, and then it's done, and then you wait. And in the intervening months, you find other things to watch so that by the time it comes back, like you're still busy excuse me, catching up on your other shows and you never um, you never find the time. Well, that's because it's been scientifically proven that as you get older, uh, there are less hours in the day. I think it's a minute at a time comes out of your life and when you're 20, you got like a million hours a day. When you're a kid, days go on forever. But when by the time you're like 35, 40, all of a sudden, you just don't have time for anything to do so many things. That's, true. that's scientifically true. proven. That's what happened. Well, and it's and it's compounded by the um, the scientific fact that television shows get worse the longer that they run. <laughs> yeah, right. And that's why that's why Firefly is the greatest show of all time because <laughs> it's thirteen episodes, and that's, that's it. it. It didn't run long enough to disappoint right. anybody. They probably would have. I mean, Buffy did at some point, right? They, you know that they didn't. You know, if they if they had run five or six seasons, they would have eventually had their own shark jumping episode. I don't know. There's, there's the, there's the, there's a few, Hey, we, I, I don't want to bring that up cause we're kind of dragging this out a little bit, but I think the, a good uh, thing to bring up is what shows didn't like what shows went all the way through, had a solid, uh, roundabout thing. I'm, I'm thinking game of Thrones is falling in that so far in the, Hey, it's, I don't know how it's going to end up or what it's going to do, or, but if it has even a mildly pleasant ending to generally amount of, you know, amount of people, then I think that could go down as one of those ones that got better as it went along and was seen as a movie per se. Uh, Star Trek, the next generation I think is pretty good like that. It's, it went through, it ended on a good type thing, had a good solid season, got better and better. Uh, there's not very many of those, but mm. they're out there. Yeah. I mean, the, those are, those are two, two different things. You're, you're talking about shows that had a good ending. Um, I've seen a couple shows that, that went too long. Um, Battlestar Galactica. The, j- j- joke, jokes aside, the a, a very long running show, especially if it stays consistently, you know, it's generally not as good as like the first or second season, depending on how rough the start was. But anything that runs very long, like I think whenever Game of Thrones ends, if it's next season or if they go all the way to nine, like the very best that I think we can hope for the ending to that show is going to be bittersweet. Sure. Cause it's, cause it's just too, it's too long. It's too good. You know, it runs that long that if you watch it as it comes out, if you don't come to it, you know, five years late and, and binge watch it, it, it almost becomes a fixture 
in your life. So there are there are um, shows though that are made to be to have a story told. I think that Game of Thrones obviously it's a book series, so it, it is the whole thing from beginning to end sets up the whole. St- I mean, I just a minute ago called it a movie. So like. Yeah, it's not fair to call the next generation like a good series because of that because it's episodic. But you know, I and in this example, Lost is one of my things I always like to throw out in that it had a good premise and a good story and they had good ideas. But the problem is that they didn't have they had the beginning, but they didn't have an idea for the middle really or nor an end. And then they said, okay, well we'll we'll give it three seasons, and then the the it made a lot of money and had a lot of viewers and the executors like no you're you're going to have this every year so they weren't able to tell the whole complete story and it ruined the the whole show yeah it's it's a complicated um you know there's a whole complicated process there with networks yes, but- um did you watch the sitcom uh how i met uh, your mother i did only watched like episodes here and there and i'm eager to hear what you're going to say about that concerning this because i'm curious because i think i know you're going to go with it go ahead that as as time has gone on so i came to that show at sort of as i've said before you're the the way that you enjoy something depends heavily on you and the place in your life i was at just the right place in my life where i could really thoroughly enjoy that show and it went i'm gonna get mail about this i i want to say it went like eight seasons maybe seven um it ran kind of long it had that thing that happened to i think it happened to parks and rec it definitely happened to scrubs um which are two of my you know in my pantheon of shows that i most enjoyed this this thing where the show was really over but they had to make one more season and sometimes that's like in the case of Scrubs, it was like a very truncated cast. Um, in the case of Parks and Rec, they did this weird like flash forward. That last thing. season on that was just a like a it big still, hey, here's to the fans season, I guess. Yeah, here's and and in the case of Scrubs, it was very like hollow and terrible. And in the case of Parks and Rec, it was sort of a we're going to give all of our characters a big, you know, sign off, uh, not, not just off, one episode, but a whole season. Um, like the whole season. Um, in the case of how I met your mother, the final season sort of dragged out this one story arc. Like it, it turned from an episodic show that it was into a serial sort of, we're going to show this wedding, but it's going to take a whole season. You're like, well, well they, isn't that because that? It, it was supposed the classic, to like, set up for that? Isn't the how I met your mother. Right. And, but they didn't really do that at right. all. Exactly. And in talking to um, our friend Pete, who also watched it, he said he could tell, I don't know, just the way that he thinks about shows when he's watching them. Um, he could tell different points in the series at different seasons where, you could tell they were building up characters in a certain way so that they could end the show if it didn't okay. get picked up. Right. If like, if, if they got canceled at this point, then this girl that he had been going out with could be the mother. Would, 
could maybe become the mother. And you get to the very end and they do a series of scenes because they have these, um, they have these liner scenes where, uh, at the beginning or middle various points in the episode, he's the, the, the main character, the dad is talking to the kids and they show the kids. Um, and at the end of the show, they show the end of this conversation with his kids that, you know, in real time has taken like eight years, but for them is, is supposed to have taken an afternoon and the story wraps up with what happens from there. And so, you know, because those teenaged actors are the same age that they filmed the ending oh, really? when they started at least, at least within, you know, a year of them of them beginning filming so you know that they had the ending written when they started and they just you know because it was episodic they they quote unquote padded content throughout the years and for me it was very dissatisfying I didn't realize that um, I didn't realize that they had that in, that and, ending pre-made well yeah I mean the Again, because of the way they filmed it, you're like, well, they obviously didn't shoot this this year because, you know, I've seen the the daughter was in, uh, well, she in? she was in that uh, that new Nikita show, and she was in the oh, movie Kick Ass. Oh yeah, that's her from Hit Girl. Um, um, no, she was the oh okay, she was the love interest. Um, not the. Not the very young one. Um, right. Chloe Moretz is who you're thinking of. Um, anyway, but as as time has gone on, it's been a couple years now since it ended. I've thought back on it. I haven't had the the sufficient motivation to like go and rewatch any of that. But um, giving it some more thought and like, yeah, I sort of see the story they're trying to tell about life and the the things that. Um, because he ends up, you know, going back to one of the, one of the earliest characters and they don't work out in the beginning of the show for various reasons. By the time they get to the end of the show, they have both changed and grown enough as people that the reasons for them not getting together aren't as important as they were then. You know, it's, it's long enough now that he has kids that are you know, teenage right. or whatever. It, it it's like 10, 15 me, I think years. watching that show because it felt, felt like a whole, uh, oh, you're setting us up to think this person. Oh, you're setting it up to think that person. And it's like, oh, I don't know if I, I mean, I know the show was stood on its own from a standpoint of it was funny and had good st- characters, but I don't know that it, if I focused on it. Yeah. It's sort of a, like, like the premise is very serial, right? It like, this is the story we're going to tell, like, um, any number of, of serial shows like I always bring up uh, season one of Heroes where by the time they <laughs> you know, spoilers by the time they uh, they make it clear that you know the guy who can paint the future has seen a nuke going off in New York City and maybe even before they got to the save the cheerleader thing they're like okay so this guy foresees them nuking York and even even at the time when it was when it was first airing, I was like, how how do you keep this show going more than one season? Like, if 
if presumably within that first season you have to establish that either the nuke happens or they stop it from happening then what is your show about where how i met your mother managed to make that serial plot such a small part of the show that they were able to you know fill in content with a show that was basically a newer yeah, that's version what that of Friends. Show was. I mean, with with this backdrop of like, eventually he's gonna finally catch up with this girl, and they leave more and more clues as the show goes on. Um, but week to week, it's just a story about him and these other characters and what they do every week. Yeah, it's kind of like you know, if they started Friends with like uh, Ross telling a story to his kid that he's going to end up with somebody and you don't know who it is and you're teased with Rachel the whole time and then at the last episode, oh, they get together. and Yeah. Well, right. And it's, I mean, it's that, it's that thing, right? Like in the pilot of Friends is when um, Rachel comes in out of the rain in a wedding dress and you see his reaction and you're like, oh, this is this is the central, this is the thread of what this show is about. How I Met Your Mother was just much more upfront about it. They're like, this is what the show, like, yeah. they literally say it in the title. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not sure if that was, that was a serial show. I mean, I think um, that was an example of a show that was this, an episodic show that had some one ignored serial thing to the last season. And then the last season when they actually stuck to the serial thing, people didn't like that at all because that wasn't the show well it's and it's the same it's just like I was saying about Game of Thrones like it ran for so long and I didn't start with it when it was new it was probably two or three seasons in when I started but it it still lasted over five years you know and so I could look back at the person I was when I started watching it and so for it to end at all would have been bittersweet at best, you know, like I was saying about Game of Thrones. Um, so that, you know, the, the endings are really tricky is all I'm trying to say with 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 all of this. Um, as far as only to, endings to, on episodic shows are tricky. I think if you're telling a story, it's not tricky. I mean, it's tricky. Because, I mean, you write yeah, a book, I mean, it can have a bad ending or a good ending, but I mean, you it de- have a predetermined ending. It depends on execution. Ending. Like, um, uh, I've talked on this show about Fargo, the TV series, yeah. the, the newer one. Um, that's a show where it's serial by season. So every season they're telling one story and they have this much time and this is the story they're going to tell. And when it's when this, when you get to the season finale, that's the end of this story. Um, and so it's it's always you know well executed because they know from the beginning this is how much screen time we're going to have to tell this story, and we write a story that fits that frame. 
And that's the way I think that a lot of sh- these shows that are uh, uh, serial shows should be done. Um, and some of them do it right. It's sometimes when you get the studio executives in there to realize that we need to make the money off of X and do it a different way. But we need to let the, the story drive the show instead of the money drive the show or mm-hmm. make money different ways. That's when I think it's really successful and you have some really good shows. Battlestar Galactica was a good show that they didn't have the full story for. They kind of did but they didn't really and um, it suffered because of that I think some of the ending got that way that it didn't have it but you have Game of Thrones that is a story whether Martin actually has an ending or not, but it, it is a story. <laughs> um, and they knew what they were going to tell. They knew there was a beginning and they knew that there was an end and this show was going to end. They weren't going to, it wasn't a studio executives saying this is the best thing ever. Keep dragging it on forever and ever and ever. They knew that there was going to be an ending and they let that happen. Um, I will say that it was just announced not too a couple weeks ago, maybe even last week that uh, stranger things has four seasons only maybe five, but that's it. And they're they're sold solid on that, which I think is great. That's what you do. You've got a story, yeah. you tell that story, and then we're good. You know, I mean, I, I don't know. I guess you you could you can do things later and and in, in spinoffs or whatnot, but uh, I don't know. You just got to change it up at that point. But I don't know. A good a good show so, needs to have a beginning, a middle, and an end. <laughs> sure, sure. I mean that the definition of a story. To so to to round this out back to your original question about weekly versus binge. I think it it just depends on whether you have the people. Like if you're that just going to watch it for for yourself like I don't know. I mean, sometimes you want to just watch it all at once and quote unquote get it over with or just watch it at your own pace and that's and that's nice you can't if it if it is a netflix show or a let's just call it a binge show nobody but netflix is doing this but um i don't think maybe amazon with some of their original content um you can't talk about it unless you've seen all of it in the case of you know a show every week if you know people are watching it if you have you know your group your proverbial water cooler whatever you can say hey did you see this week's x right if it's a if it's a binge show then you you basically have to have seen all of it you're like hey have you watched the defenders yet it's not you know how much of it have you seen you to watch if it all you're not you're like well i watched all of it and you watched the first three i'm like have you gotten to the part yet where they killed X? And you're like, oh crap, I just spoiled it. You know, whatever. And so you, and so you don't talk about it at all. You're like, okay, well, you know, let me know when you finish it and we can talk about the finale. And that's great. You still have the same kind of conversations, but it only happens once. And I think depending on the show, depending on how much your community uh, stuff drives that you have the whole the whole aspect of the internet I did some of that stuff when Lost was airing oh yeah you know, when I deep. had when I had a group of friends who were watching it together I'd get on forums you know before this is before Reddit um, get on forums and look at people's theories and arguments and that's what I did when I was watching Orphan Black live was um I mean, that's a fun would part get on of, the, the, of the, the viewing experience, too, is that, that community. I would, I would get on the Reddit between weeks and, uh, you know, read the same thing, 
um, that same year, uh, well, I was watching Game of Thrones, of course, but I was also watching iZombie the same way. I would get on Reddit and read people's, you know, discussions and theories and um, not so much theories with uh, with iZombie because it's a little more uh, episodic. Yeah. Though it's become more serial in season three. Um, but uh, I don't do that as much with Game of Thrones because the subreddit for Game of Thrones is massive, thousands of people. <laughs> and I also have, you know, a handful of quote unquote real people that I talk about it with. Well, the, so. I, I will say that uh, in the end here, I, I personally don't believe I actually view uh, binge watching shows or shows that are put, put out in, in entire seasons as shows. And and I think that you hit the nail on the head there when you said, um, have you watched it? And well, I'm in the middle of it and then you can't talk about it because it's not a show. It's a movie. I think the the defenders yeah, it's is like a really a movie. long yeah movie. it is and it's it was built with ch- built in chapters so you 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 say have you yeah. watched uh, the Matrix or no no I should, that's a bad one I should say have you watched um uh you know uh, uh, the the new James Bond movie and you say you don't say no I've only watched like twenty minutes of that um we'll talk about it later no you watch it all and then we talk about it uh, and that's the right. same way it's sort of it's sort of um. It's sort of like books. It is like books. Right? It's like it's like have you read The Hunger Games or That's because know, it's a story. Again, good. that's because the, these things released are stories. You're like you're like yeah, I have it, but I haven't finished it. You know, I mean, I did this when um when Wheel of Time was still being written. I had a buddy, our friend Brian, who had read them as they were published. I came to them late, but there were still like 5 left when I started. And so, you know, we would wait for a release date or whatever. And it's like, okay, well, let me know when you finish it and we'll, we'll talk about it. If I was somewhere in the middle of it, there was no, there was no real discussion. And I guess the counterpart to that is like maybe a book club. I've never been part of a book club, but I, you know, if it's, if it's a long enough book, maybe you do chapters and then meet and discuss, but Actually, the more I'm thinking about it, I think it's like a book, a separate book each time you meet. And, you know, it's the same thing. Well, you because you... you don't really you don't really discuss a book if you're in the middle of it, because there's almost no chance that you'll, you know, happen to be at the same place. You would have to be very. Uh, what's the word? You'd have to be very deliberate about it. Like if if you and I were going to do a podcast about Stranger Things which we will would have to soon. watch an ep- watch an episode and then talk about that episode and but if we if we talk about it on this show we would just say okay next next week or in 2 weeks we want to talk about stranger things so make sure you've seen yeah. it yeah not not make sure you've seen you know i, th- I think that we will uh actually put that to the test because that's this month it's coming out and uh i can't see us not wanting to talk about it period so we're gonna have to really push that one whether we watch it or watch part of it hey i got a moving kind of still in the tv realm but we you earlier brought about the difference between watching live tv um sports being the biggest thing right now um but there's another kind of television that you don't get at all really on a um a Netflix or a streaming service, and that's reality TV. I mean, you get reality TV 
on, you know, here's past episodes of this is your house or wherever it is. But, um, uh, competition shows like uh, survivor or, um, um, amazing race, things like that, that are out there. Those are still, those are still very much like valued to watch week to week because you could, if you put them out on a, I I think they would just fall flat. If you put a competition show on a streaming service and binged, watched it out, Mm. nobody would watch it. It would just not be an entertaining thing. Sure. Well, especially the, um, especially like those talent shows that have audience voting. Yes. Right. That's uh, you've got, you've got America's got talent. Is the big one right now, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, th- I think that they would they would not do well at all. And so the median of, medium of being at a weekly episodic type thing is made for those. And and I'll admit it here to the world. Wait, do I want to say this? For, yeah, I'll go ahead. I, I am a huge <laughs> I am a huge Survivor fan. I mean, I, I I I like Game of Thrones. I was a hater for the first season. Didn't watch it and didn't anything about it because it's not surviving. And then I watched the second season and just it wasn't great. But the rest of the idea was awesome. I fell in with it and watched everyone since and love the concept, love the whole bit about it. Um, and Amazing Race is something as well. So, I don't know those are those are shows that uh, I have no community for. Nobody, nobody I know watches them, but I love watching them week to week. I sit down and and want to you know hear about the drama, the way the editors have have put it forth to us. And um, it's it's and I go online. I, that's my I guess maybe that's my community that I have with those kind of things that you can go online and and listen to other people talk about whatever. It's not necessarily a show per se but you can you still have that community water cooler talk um and we don't have that a whole lot anymore if they took away our weekly viewing of stuff we would we would not have the same communal experience that we have with like survivor or with um football monday morning football um or game of thrones you come in and say oh my god they did you see the red wedding you know and then have that discussion Um, sure TV, I don't know, in the internet age can be very individual with the binge watching. It can be personal. You watch on your own time. You rent it. You download it. You watch it and you pause it later. But I I, I would challenge anyone who would say that TV is not a communal thing and that we're losing that. Uh, As much as I like getting what I want when I want it now... I do hope that the networks continue to hold on to the weekly model. As frustrating as it is that I can't watch the whole season of The Good Place right now, I (laughs) am happy that I have that time in between to talk about it with people who are watching it. Um, So I guess I'll leave it at that. Um, That's that's another one that I'm a little behind on. I mean, well, let me ask you, Mike, have you ever watched a Twitch stream? Uh, yeah, that's really good topic to bring up. Uh, I only watched it a, a few of them when I want to find out how bad I am at a game and see some real people play my my characters. Uh, but no, not a whole lot. Okay, well, there's a, I mean, there's a whole conversation about gaming and watching people play games, and that's not really where I'm going with this. But um, it's it's kind of funny because I was saying that I'm not really a sports person. And I think that's part of the reason that I don't get too much into the reality shows. Um, Sometimes and very often, if I'm looking for a reality show, I'm looking for something 
that is not maybe not necessarily going to teach me something, but like I'm in the slow process of of uh, remodeling a house, and so I maybe want to get some ideas or something like that. And most of those type of shows are not actually trying to teach it. It's just entertainment, which is fine. Yeah. Like, you know, I used to watch a lot of Pawn Stars, um, and that show is very entertaining with, yeah. you know, you're probably not learning much. <laughs> if, Except for how much if, a, if anything. A, a, can, a yeah. fake canon is for, right? Right. You, see, you know, you know that you always get your your son's idiot friend to test out the gun that might <laughs> blow up in his face, but I'm sure if it really did, they wouldn't put it on TV. I love the um, son's idiot friend, though. Chumley. Yeah, right. Um. Anyway, uh, and then there are the um, the talent show format shows. Um, I saw just a little bit of uh, America's Got Talent when I was staying yep. with my sister and brother-in-law. My uh, 13-year-old niece loves that show. Um, I have a hard time with it because I don't know how you compare a singer to a dancer to a, oh, yeah, that is difficult. a yeah. juggler. Like, you're competing in different categories. How do you even... Like, it's just too foreign to me for me to even compare those. How you know, can you, how can you compare and know how to right. compare it? And then they're doing this audience judging and stuff. I'm like, this is, this is much too complicated. <laughs> there, right. Um, and then there's your, you know, I mean, I've never watched a season of survivor, but I have tried to watch, um, with my family. Oh, I want to say for some reason I have the, the title young guns in my mind, but like a, a competitive shooting show i'm not <laughs> okay. a, all right i'm i'm not a, i'm not a huge gun person but all of my my dad and my brothers all hunted for at least a couple years so they ran the reality um, hunting show got it the shooting show. yeah it's the, it's like target shooting with the different guns and th- that's that's interesting to me to see that competition but as is the case with a lot of those kind of shows it's like it's a 20 minute show with about maybe five minutes worth of shooting. And then the other 15 minutes are people arguing or conspiring, figuring out who they're going to vote off. And that just, it just doesn't do it for me. Like <laughs> that, I, that, that spiteful stab in the back, outmaneuvering like, people, I, politics. I think, I think I have enough, uh, what's the word? Conniving uh, friends? No. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm thinking of the term for like, like misogyny. But instead of hating women, you hate all people. <laughs> Just hate people, is that right? <laughs> I'm not, like, like Doctor House. Yeah. Um, and I'm, of course, I'm I'm being a little facetious there. <laughs> but um, I don't I don't need a show that makes me dislike people in general more. Right. Got it's it. Not. It's just not how I want to spend my time. But anyway, the reason I brought up Twitch to bring it back to my original <laughs> question is if you are watching a, a Twitch stream as opposed to YouTube Live, though YouTube Live has this too, um, they have a live chat window. Now, right, Twitch is a yeah. bad example because I've I've never been watching a Twitch stream. And to be fair, I've only done it a handful of times. Um 
in particular, the first time that Blizzard did Heroes of the Dorm, their uh, college-centric Heroes of the Storm uh, tournament, mm-hmm. um, because it was only available on ESPN when it was live, and then they quote-unquote re-aired it on Twitch. Um, the problem with Twitch chat is that it's, you know, to use the gamer expression, it's kind of cancerous. <laughs> right, um, right. Just, you know... The the worst, you know, stereotypical nine year old Halo Xbox Live He's player it, right? spewing obscenities and yeah. except it's in text and it's <laughs> flying by too fast to read and all of those things. But I think maybe a platform that had that functionality, particularly if it had um some kind of room or circle mechanic to borrow the uh, Google Plus nomenclature, if anybody even remembers Google <laughs> Plus anymore. Google Plus around still, um, right? I, I doubt <laughs> it. Um, you know, so that it, so that it, the sort of thing where like, okay, I'm watching the Colts game and I have my phone next to me and I have the, the, the chat slash texting app group me that we use for, for group texting. Yeah. So, what I'm doing is I'm watching the game. My friends are watching the game and we're talking about it, you know, almost, almost in like, um, what it, our friend Dan, who started the Colts channel, called it live tweeting. Live t- yeah. Um, right. Right. And so, you know, so it's, it's that sort of idea, except it's integrated in the platform. Okay. Right. So, it it doesn't make any sense for the NFL to start their own Netflix, right? Because oh, no, I mean NFL, not not okay. nobody. There there are plenty of people who want to watch old football content. Yes, NFL films are all about that. Films, the the films, the you know, NFL Network stuff, highlights. You know, whatever. There's there's all that stuff. The majority of the viewers want to watch the game. When it's live, on. yeah. Okay, so what they what the NFL needs is their own Twitch. Okay. So instead of right. me, instead of me going on some site with a bunch of pop ups that's maybe going to give my computer a virus, so that I can stream the game that's being aired on on uh, Sky in the UK. I just go on the NFL website, whatever, and see the game, but then it also has chat on the side. And maybe I don't want to chat with all 10,000 people watching the game on their computer. Maybe I want a channel that's just like our group me group where I can talk to my friends while the game is on. What, what about, as you were talking about that, and you were saying something similar to this earlier, uh... I don't know if this is a good suggestion or not, but what do you think of a a tagged chat kind of like that or an overlay or something option where I can comment as I'm watching a show and it saves it at that timestamp and I can say have my group of friends all in be able to comment on the show. That way when I'm watching episode four of Jessica Jones, I can see that Dave said this, ha ha ha, look at that person's hair. Or I didn't see that coming or making those little snide remarks. So you kind of have that time cued community communal watching. How would 
how do you think that would be? Would that be annoying? I, I, I like if it was just your friends. I like that idea. It depends on how it's implemented, and it's not it's not the same as discussing it, right? It's sort of the You're right. It's not. It's it's the television equivalent of of bathroom stall graffiti. <laughs> or mystery science th- theater is kind of what it would be. Right. Too, it's like right? I'm there and I say, you know, Chicago sucks and somebody underneath writes you suck. And uh, then I come back a month <laughs> later and I'm, whatever, you know, um, it reminds me a little bit of if you've ever read a, um, a manga online. A couple of those I have not a couple of those sites have. Well, it's I mean. It's just like reading a normal comic or a okay. normal, like a Western comic, except the, the panels go right to left. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, right. They, the, some of those sites have this thing called Tsukomi's, T-S-U-K-O, I'm, I'm not going to spell it right, but it, 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 I'm sure it's a Japanese word. Um, it's a thing. It's real. We swear. It, it's basically this thing where imagine you're reading a comic in your browser and you want to comment on something. But instead of commenting in a thread at the bottom of the page, like you would on YouTube, you can click, you know, leave a, leave a comment. And then it gives you a, a target cursor and you pick an anchor on the comic itself. Okay. And so there's a certain panel where like, whatever, somebody's costume looks a little weird. And so you you click on there and you're like, what's what's going on with uh, um, with Steve Rogers' hair in this frame? <laughs> you're right. And then and then when I come through and I'm reading it, I might you know, and they have like a toggle, right? So like I'll read the page, and then when I get to the bottom, I'm like turn the Tsukomi's on and let me see where what people said what where, and like sometimes people have conversations or I think it's more it's a little more apt in translated manga because you know people might say might comment on the translation or put you know it's if some part of the of the kanji is not translated they're like here it's saying ouch or whatever oh, okay um and I that's mean, yeah that, that's a little bit of that what what that reminds me of except of course in that case it's a it's a static like graphical format where in in video it's uh it's not i think in in things people aren't going to watch live i i sort of like that idea i don't know i mean you know we, whether, we can't whether watch it, it would together. prove to be more of a distraction like you know i have the bad habit of watching tv with my phone open to imdb trying to figure out what other show i know this guy from and then i <laughs> yeah. miss parts of the plot depending on the show um Fargo was is notorious for this like if you are not watching and paying attention you're going to miss stuff. Um it's uh Yeah, it's one of those ones where I tell people, "Hey, okay, you you can't be doing something else. You this is one of those ones you have to watch Westworld was the one I tell people, you can't it's, it's, just not it's watch very this. visual. Um it's it's funny you bring that up going back to the very beginning of this episode. Have you seen the first three episodes of uh discovery uh no i read non-spoilery reviews of all three <laughs> because i kind of want to watch it i know you have you watched it you've seen them right i have okay and 
I knew we were going to talk about them t- today, kind of, but I didn't want to spoil myself too much. Um, that here's what I here's what I've heard, and you can tell me your side of it. I've heard that. Again, this is from a guy from a non-spoilery standpoint. That the first two episodes was a movie that didn't have a lot to do really with the series, but the third episode is actually really the series, and that is where things are actually starting to get okay. It's on an upward arc. Is that true? Hmm. I'm not sure about the okay slash upward arc <laughs> claim. Is it on a downward arc? Um, the... I'm not sure that I understand that phrase well enough to to confirm or deny. Well, the, I, I guess the the thing was is that the reviews. The I read two different articles, or actually four, two different separate ones on two. Ones. The first two were about reviewing the first two episodes, and it was written as if they when those people only saw those. And then there was other article, two other articles that I read reviewing the third one, and uh, so the first two were about like, okay, so it's not, I don't really get it. I don't really like it. It doesn't make a lot of sense because of X, Y, or Z. And I don't know where they're going with this. And then, uh, the, that's it. So it was like, eh, it's a eh show and it's not really that big a deal and not worth really watching or spending $10 for. And then a month. And then the the reviews in the second half were after the third one were like, okay, it has improved. As I say, when it's gone up, it's an upward trajectory. It has gone up. Uh, it is different than the first two. Okay. So it's like, it's like negative reviews, negative reviews on the pilot and generally positive reviews on the third episode yeah i wouldn't say to say positive but trending, trending upwards, upwards. Okay. where it's like yeah where it's like okay it, it's catching itself from falling off a cliff hmm. is that true i guess what i'm saying was the first two really not that great and then the third one much better or what was your thoughts interesting it's hard to say it's hard to say at this point um the one thing I was going to say, because you, you brought up Westworld, the intro sequence is much better than Enterprise, which is a pretty low bar. <laughs> um, but it reminds me a lot of Westworld. I don't know the sequence, if the people who, who made okay. the OP for Discovery saw the, the intros um, to Westworld. Are they just slowly going around like an Enterprise or the Discovery? So it is. Um Spinning it around a little bit. It's as it's being made from a it's, robot. It's kind. It's kind of abstract. So part of it is the visual, and part of it's the music. I'll let you uh, watch it and and choose for yourself. But the the pilot pair of episodes is really it seems seemed to me like is really about setting up Michael Burnham, the main character, who. You said was in something, but I know her from Orange is the New Black. Oh, right. It was Poussey, right? Yeah. Um, and yeah, I, I, still have, I still have trouble that her name is Michael. My name is Michael, and it's always been seen as a guy's name, and it's just it's hard. I got to watch the show so that I can get over that. Yeah, they, they do. a They do a callback to it in uh, in the third episode with her, uh, her roommate. But um I don't know the 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 third episode gets a little more um 
it's a little it's a little more out there and I can't tell where they're going with it like the okay the, and so so it's hard for me to say to 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 say whether I agree or disagree with that claim that the that the first two episodes were a little bit bad and the third episode is a little bit good because the first two episodes I was always pretty clear on what was happening you know i have a a a fairly good understanding of the klingons and their goals and um michael being raised by sarek on vulcan and what vulcans are all about and the relationship she has with her captain at the time um you know i think that was that was the biggest comment was that it doesn't bring anything new to the table yeah. At least the first two. Yeah. I mean, that's true. And so... Klingons so, are Klingons. Vulcans are Vulcans. I guess, I guess I, can see, I can see that that argument without, uh, without giving anything away. Um, but it's... I don't know. May, maybe there's, there's an aspect of that, like we talked about in episode two. Like, what... What is Star Trek, right? And it's it's oh, yeah, it's we, yeah. shaping up from episode three. It's shaping up to be very serial, and Star Trek has never been serial. Not that it can't be. Some of the some of the best Star Trek stories told in the original shows um, were were multi part two parters. Generally, not more than two parters, but maybe in one or two cases, like I Borg. Right. So I guess that was my next question is, is it a serial? We just had this whole conversation about versus serial binge worthy. Um, I'll tell you what, my, my planned viewing of this, tying this all together with our conversation tonight is to binge watch this thing, to watch it as one thing, but I don't know what it is. Is it, if it's a episodic show, okay, maybe that's worth subscribing to because I can watch it in an episodic manner. Uh, but if it's a serial show, then I'll just wait until the end and binge watch the story. How is it? What is it like? It it definitely seems much more serial uh, to me than 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 episodic. Um, so so should, would you? Well, I guess it's only three episodes in, but I'm not missing anything by waiting. Is that what I'm hearing? I mean, aside from all the normal arguments for like waiting or watching something live you just you know you gotta avoid the spoilers and oh, you know yeah, i have I, I have i have family members who have just a very passing interest in game of thrones but you know never got into it because of x y or z a lot of the same things you were talking about earlier but the addition of like you know season one is like 30 percent porn and right. things like that but at this point, after seven years, have been unable to avoid the knowledge that, you know, Sean Bean dies and <laughs> yeah, right. uh, John, John, still around. John Snow comes back and some of those very high level spoilers. I don't know. I don't know how much of a problem that'll be with this show. I mean, we talked about it a month ago and I hadn't even heard of it. And in our circle of friends, I'm probably the most star trek like the closest to a trekkie maybe our friend chris but um 
you know, even, even, you know, and I, I wasn't even aware enough to even have heard of it. So, you know, it might yeah, I don't be, think, I don't think the community is quite there for that show yet. And I may be wrong. I'm, I'm keeping a wary eye out on the horizon for it, but sure, sure. once, once there, maybe if there's a community for it, but it, you know, being a Trek show, I guess my, my initial thought is that it would be episodic, which it doesn't sound like it is. So that kind of spins it differently for me. I mean, if it's episodic, then I don't need to, I don't know. I can avoid watch spoilers. I can, yes, I don't need to avoid spoilers because one episode's different from the next, so I don't have to worry about that. And I, maybe that's what I was looking at. There's no spoilers to have on this show. It's just a show about a show. It's another Enterprise or whatever it might be. But it doesn't sound like you're saying that's what it is. It's going to have a story. It, it doesn't seem that way at all, and not even like a um, a show like Castle, which was. Um, it might even still be on was episodic with big arcs. Like a show that's episodic is almost unless it's purely episodic, like, I don't know, like the Andy Griffith show or something um, where there's no serial elements. Um, A show that's episodic with just a few serial threads is almost more difficult to avoid spoilers because you know, in the whole 13 episode season or, you know, in the maybe like a 20 episode season, they solve 20 murders, 20 different guys, 20 different motives, 20 different victims. Nobody is talking about any of that. What they are going to talk <laughs> about right. is, hey, did, did you know, Nathan Fillion finally confessed his feelings to the female detective and almost died. And like, cause yeah. that's the memorable part in this repetitive episodic show format. Right. Well, but yeah, based on, based on the setup of the main character in those first two episodes, and then the introduction of the, the captain who's, uh, I can't think of that actor's name. I call him not Timothy Dalton. <laughs> okay. But he's he's in everything. Okay. Uh he was I don't even know. I've I've seen him in a bunch of stuff. And the the weird alien guy who Star Trek alien stuff doesn't usually bother me, but this guy's really disconcerting. What was the alien stuff in that his, one? Is it I mean was makeup like his, TV next generation makeup or better yeah basically with a couple a couple different things there's a guy uh, it, it might be a female but she looks like who's that star trek guy not star trek star wars guy with the with the thing around the back of his head i want to say like lo, lo, lobo oh, lojack it's like lojack right Something like the, the guy with the, yeah on the empire is that what you're talking mm, about? Could be. I I I recognize him from like iPhone games and stuff. I'm not deep enough in the Star Wars world to right. to know. Um, but it's like um, if you imagine somebody like Jordy, but instead of having a hairband over his eyes, they've got like a bionic band i'm making gestures with my hand like you could see me <laughs> a band going going around the back of their head, great radio. like oh, along the base of the skull and going up to the temples or something it looks like 
they're either some kind of cyborg or they have like a a prosthetic um like a cranial implant of some kind okay and so there there are a couple of those that like they cut to really briefly when there's action happening on the bridge and you're like is that is that an android is that thing is that a cyborg we we don't know like they answer the captain and uh, but the it. answer is it can't like, be maybe. because data is the only one at that point right well data doesn't come along for another a- like exactly and he years. says then that he is the only one that's ever been so yeah right and so so are these like you know early generation I think they're other Geordies. you know they're just something are they you know <laughs> whatever right so there's there's some of that that's it's still very early like the show is mostly focused on this main character and the stuff that she does so a, most of that stuff has not been explored yet okay so i'm going to wrap up tonight's episode with a question for you that's very tv centered and i'm just going to drop this little bomb and not Expand upon it, but I want to ask you this. Okay. Is uh, Daenerys Targaryen and Jon's going to end up on the Iron Throne with uh, Jon Snow at her side? Hmm. Man, man, I hope so. Man, you hope so. <laughs> I, don't, well, I don't know if, you know, now that they're past the books, the show is, has been, all of season seven was entirely too satisfying. So you, I have, enjoy, you have hope. I enjoyed that that, every minute, but it's very not Game of Thrones. So you, you're you're hoping that it's going to have that happy ending. You heard it here, everybody. Dennis is for the happy endings. It's going to happen. I hope, but I <laughs> but I don't but I don't expect it. Well, should we wrap this up? I think so. I think, I think we right, helped a lot then. of people today. Yeah. Until uh, next time, I'm Michael Daniels, and I'm Dennis Rogers for the front porch. Good night, everybody.